0: Check it out right now at GetLatka.com guys tutodesk.com was launched in 2016 by martin to help groups like music repair companies or powder coating shops manage all the projects they got every month he grew it to about 200 customers paying on average 200 bucks per month and then ultimately decided to sell it for more than six figures just or more than seven figures sorry more than a million bucks just last year the great thing about this he was a solo founder this guy owned 100 percent of the business you know no one celebrates these stories we've got to celebrate these stories Hey, folks. My guest today is Martin Webb. He's building a company called tutodesk.com, which is a SaaS work order and workflow automation platform. Martin, you ready to take us to the top?
1: Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All
0: right. So first off, your background. Were you always a SaaS guy or did you start off in a different industry?
1: Yeah, right. So I've been a solo entrepreneur since I was 12 years old, which goes back to like late 1970s. Um, And my background from a 12-year-old was actually making video games.
0: I love that. So you were were making video games, uh, I guess coding them, right? The digital experiences?
1: Right. So I taught myself to program machine code when I was 13 years old. I wrote numerous number one titles in the UK. And then in 1987, I'm famous for being the kid that did the Sega outline conversion for the CBM64 worldwide, which was at the time (laughs) the biggest selling game in the world.
0: I love that. Wow. Okay. So how did you, when did you launch Tudodesk? What year?
1: So Tudodesk, I launched around about like 2016, stroke 17. So that that's one of my SaaS companies. I've had multiple businesses that I've started from a table and sold. Uh, and this was the one that I most recently had acquired.
0: Okay, Tudodesk, it says your complete repair workshop and manufacturing solution, you help folks estimate right. invoice, job managing, etc. Do you do this for a specific niche? Or is it really anyone that has a manufacturing shop?
1: generally speaking it's for any kind of manufacturing or repair business but then in niches we'd be talking about like powder coating shops fabrication shops even watch repair centers music shops any kind of business that takes something from a customer does something to it and gives it back our platform will help them take the customer from initial inquiry right through to checking in the goods giving an estimate collecting payment running it through the workshops. we even handle all of the workshop process And then finally, giving the item back. And within all of that, we help them keep their customers updated on what's happening. And also, we help them manage their workflow, right? It's quite a complex business model.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, so try and simplify it for us. Then we can dive deeper into each sort of feature you offer, you know, a power washing shop, for example. What would the average, just sort of all in across all your product lines, what would the average, you know, music repair shop or power washing shop pay you per month or per year to use the technology?
1: So roughly, I would say our, we 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 were billing customers quarterly, right? Our our biggest thing is we build customers quarterly. It would work out between two hundred and three hundred dollars per month to use our platform, and that would be for an average size repair business or workshop.
0: Okay, And how do you? I guess how do you manage? Because I just don't know, right? How do you manage the size of a repair workshop? Is it number of projects done per month? Is it number of employees? Is it what? Well, what is it?
1: Right. Initially, we were doing it on number of jobs they were running. Um, And as we grew, as we moved through that, we now do it sheerly on number of users, how many people are using the system. So within a repair business, that could be the front desk staff, that could be all of their workshop team, right? So it could be anything from four to 15 users would be a typical account that we would have.
0: And how many jobs would that that, uh, music repair shop likely be running with four to 15 users?
1: uh again this can be wild believe it or not you could have a you could have a repair shop doing 30 40 jobs a month you could have a repair shop doing a thousand jobs a month right it can really vary based on whether they're doing a customer repairs or they're doing what we would call trade repairs um an an example might be a music store might be doing all the repairs for a school that has a band they might have a thousand instruments
0: I see. Okay. That's super interesting. All right. I think my audience clearly understands the use case here. My question is, you know, the best founders typically come from the space that they're then building for. Did you own a power yeah. washing shop before this?
1: Uh, you say powder washing, powder coating. Uh, I oh, didn't coating. Own, yeah. Powder coating. Right. Um, I didn't specifically own a powder coating shop or music repair business, but I did have a restoration company in the UK that I had a shareholding in. Um, and that company needed a, a system to run it. So being an entrepreneur and being a tech builder, I built a system Um, and that system is where Tudodesk got its very early days, right? I built a product, put some time into it and then thought, hey, perhaps I should try monetizing this. And I did that and it went extremely well.
0: So you coded it for yourself to run your own shop. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a solo founder. So when I start a business, I do it from a table. I invest nothing. I spend nothing. I do everything myself, and I take it from infancy idea right up to running profitable business, and then I look to sell it. And I've done this too many times. Too how many, how times.
0: many? We're gonna get we'll, we'll get to that more in a second. Here, but I am curious. How? I mean, how many customers can a one man sort of operation support at right. one time? And were you talking like a hundred customers or ten thousand right. customers?
1: So that's that's a really good question. So, you know, as a founder when you start your business, you've got a number of routes you can go down to. You can have the idea, you start your business, you run your business, you get a few members in your team and you carry on running it. Or you can go, "Hey, I'm going to build the business, get get some traction, get some capital and try and build a big ass company." Or you can go, "I'm going to build the business, get it to a certain level, and then I'm going to look to sell it. And I prefer to do the latter, right? I don't have a great interest in employing big teams or big aspirations. My general goal is to build the company, get traction, sell it. So with something like Desk, uh, doing it on your own with a product like that, it's a big product, a lot of support, um, probably like 200 customers would be the max you could run at successfully on your own.
0: That's sort of where you're at today is right around 200 customers. Well, I I sold the company a year ago. So, Well, I guess when you sold, what did you grow it to in terms of number of customers by yourself? Are you able to share that?
1: I, I grew it. Yeah, I grew it within that kind of, I can't give too much away because the company was acquired, but I grew it to that level. And then I was acquired, right? Then I was acquired. And when that happened, I didn't go out looking for a buyer. They came to me.
0: So who who bought it and how did you run that negotiation process? You've done this several times.
1: Right. So I I sold it to one of America's biggest equity companies. I was very lucky. Uh What's the name of the company? To me. I don't know if I can mention the name. Probably can't mention the name. So I have to be oh, careful Oh, it wasn't but
0: they didn't they didn't like it's not listed on their current portfolio page or anything like that.
1: N- well, no, not directly, no. So I have to be careful what information I give away, But what happened to me was i was in the in the manufacturing industry um and if you're building a company a good tip here is always try and pick if you're looking to sell if you're like me you're a solo founder you've got an idea for an app or you want to build an app build something in an industry where the equity companies are looking to buy software, right? Because these companies can come in, they can buy multiple software businesses, big or small, and then they become part of the portfolio. That's what happened to me. So I went through quite a hefty due diligence sale. It took about six months and and they approached me, right? They came to me with an offer um, and and we went from there.
0: Did you only have one buyer? Did you run a process to try and create competition?
1: I I had multiple buyers. So I had uh, already had two offers that I'd rejected before this one came along. Uh, This one came along, the buyer was right in terms of, I felt that they would take the company in the right direction. And that was important to me. Um, And also the offer they put to me was extremely good.
0: Mm -hmm. The rejections should be easy to talk about because you rejected them, right? So what was the the, the, rejection, I guess the second one you rejected, what was, I guess, the Uh, revenue multiple they were offering?
1: So the... The the first one that I rejected the revenue model was I think three point five times uh, my annual revenue so top quite line. simple, right? Pardon? top line revenue ARR. So at that time it was one hundred twenty
0: five k. But but what I'm saying sorry one hundred twenty five k per year per month is what you were doing
1: per year uh, yeah, per year per okay. year. Okay. was Earlier on that they approached me. Yeah.
0: I, I see, I see. So so they, they offered you effectively about 450000 bucks all cash up right. front to sell the business.
1: Right. So that's where that's where things start to get complex. When you're when you're selling your business. You may get all cash up front. They might say, hey, we'll give you 50% up front, and then we'll pay you monthly for a year or two, right? There's many different ways the deal can be structured. So you have to be mindful of that. So within my first offer that I got, and incidentally, uh, I think that came through Micro Acquire from memory. I didn't mm-hmm. list it, but I know Andrew over at Microacquire. When he first started, um, I had conversations with him, and I think the, the word went around and, and somebody contacted me. Um, they were offering me that kind of revenue, and they had a package to put to me. I thought at the time that the the company looking to buy it were not the right fit for the business, uh, and because of that, I rejected it. And also, the value was too low.
0: What percent of the, of the, of the $450,000 offer would have been cash up front? 50%. Okay, and then how 50%. would you get the other 50%?
1: over over a two-year period paid monthly
0: interesting okay but you rejected that because you didn't like that split and obviously you didn't like the the buyer wasn't the best fit either right right okay
1: still you know even then that was a good step for me right um already i'd connected my app to founders path which i know you know very well oh um, great and 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 just as a pointer like that was a brilliant help because when you're doing this you can log into founders path it's going to give you your strike revenue your reoccurring revenue it's going to give you a valuation and as a solo founder that's a brilliant metric right if you're going to build a business and you're looking to sell or just looking to build it Then too many founders are always going to look at their monthly revenue, what they're bringing in, what they're spending, what's left, what effort they're putting in. What you want to be looking at is that valuation, right, is what the asset you're creating. So Mm -hmm. founders path at that point was a great help.
0: That's good. I appreciate that. Yeah, guys. What uh what Martin's referring to is on the uh on Founder Path, you can sign up, connect your Stripe account, and we'll give you a valuation. It's not a random valuation, it's based off others in the market that have recently sold. So Martin, I'm glad that was good guidance for you. Now you ultimately decide again to sell about a year ago to a different, a different group. Now, is, I mean, is it fair to say obviously it was greater than a three point five X top line multiple since you rejected yeah. that before?
1: Yeah, the revenue was was uh, was up. Number of customers was up. The product was far better developed, and the the multiple was was way higher. Yeah, yeah, multiple, yeah. Multiple. Yeah,
0: that's great. Look, that's great. And and it just solely you. You own one hundred percent of the company.
1: I owned one hundred percent of the company. Uh, I was the only person involved in the company. I built the product, sold the product, onboarded the product, managed the servers, did the marketing, did everything.
0: Uh, I love that. The, were you door knocking not- on 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 music repair shops trying to get their business? How'd you get customers yeah, kind of. customers? I mean,
1: that's an interesting question because you know, Nathan, like when you when you build these tech apps, you kind of sort of think, hey, and and I'm pretty good at doing SEO on Google, and I'm pretty good at doing marketing. But you kind of think, hey, you're gonna put it on Google, you're gonna have your sign up page, you're gonna have your payment page, and it's all just gonna be automated and all these users are gonna fly to your app. It just doesn't really work like that. There are There are anomalies where that can happen. But for most of the founders that are watching the show that might feel they're struggling, it is user by user. And you really do want to be on the phone. If you're not picking up the phone, trying to get your users, if you're not even hand holding them to get them on board, then probably you should be. Because the important factor is every one of those users is going to grow your revenue. And you want to make sure that not only do you sell to them. But you keep them on board. If you're a solo founder, you don't want to be digging a field with a shovel. Find that as you get halfway through your field and turn around, you've got to get back to start again. You want to bring your users on, keep your users and slowly grow it. And what I found out and the lesson that I've now learned is you don't need as many users as what you think you need Mm -hmm. to get a big valuation.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, 200 customers, you mentioned earlier, average paying 200 bucks a month. I mean, we can kind of back into a revenue range there of what, right around maybe 30, 40,000 bucks a month.
1: Yeah. You're running into a seven figure valuation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great. No, look, this is a good, I think, you know, VC dollars are the best marketed dollars in the world. We only read about big VC rounds, but stories like this are how founders actually get rich. And it's what actually makes founders happy. And it's what allows you to yeah. buy more guitars like what you have behind you and do what you want your all day, every day.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you if you had the skills to build a product, if you're a creator and you can build a product, if you create so for example if you create a tool that maybe engineers are going to use to build their app then more than likely your business model is going to be on trying to get subscribers and get a monthly revenue but if you're super smart and you're a creator and you don't aspire to build a big company you can as a as a bedroom coder or a kitchen table entrepreneur you can build a product you can go out into the street you can sell that product you can onboard those customers you can use Stripe for your payments, you can connect it to Founders Path. And if you're in the right marketplace, a big VC can come along with big money, can take over your product, can then even say, we want you to run the product now that we've taken it over. And you can you can cash in some big dollars for your hard work. And for me, that's where the value is, right? Is the long yeah. longer term goal.
0: You just mentioned sort of you approach that seven figure valuation. Are you able to share? Did you sell for more than a seven figure
1: mark? Uh, not, no, no, not more than seven figures. Let me count the numbers involved. No, not more than seven, <laughs> but yeah, it's into seven figures. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fair enough. I guess playing devil's advocate for a second. Someone listening might be saying, well, Hey, I love this. He has, you know, Martin has yep. total freedom, but he launched it in 2016 and then he yep. sold it last year. So he worked for seven years on this and sold it for something between 500 K and a million. That's actually not a great return on time.
1: Over, over, over the million. It's over. it's over the million.
0: Oh, oh so, you, the so, you, so you did sell for seven figures. Yeah. It's
1: like, yeah, it's a seven figure number. It's over the million. Oh. Yes, Nathan. Oh, I thought over you just said you didn't sell. You didn't sell for more than no, seven no. figures. Oh, it's over the million. Yeah. It's, oh, I see. It's I, see I see. seven I see. figures. Yeah, so I see. when you look at that- So it's, not, not, back, it's you... not, Martin,
0: just to be clear, it's not more than seven figures. You sold for between a million and 10 million is what you're saying.
1: Right, right. Okay,
0: exactly. that's a big that's enough range does. where you won't get in trouble, right?
1: Right, it's a big enough range where I get in trouble. But then just, the thing is, You don't always see the bigger picture. I sold the company that I owned that that helped me build the app or that inspired me to build the app. So I sold that company. During that period, I built another business and sold that one as well. I wasn't always 100% focused on that business. And also when doing that, there were skills and things that I created that for me have big value. So although it might not seem like a great return, I don't quite look at it like that. It was a very good return and it was a very smart move. Uh, when I do it next time around, it's going to be an even bigger valuation and it's going to be much quicker. So I tend to look at it in multiple ways of gauging where the value is, not just in the dollars, but the dollars that. were definitely good. Definitely Love good. that, Martin.
0: All right, we're out of time. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Quick answers. Number one, favorite book?
1: Um, Think and
0: Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. <laughs> Number 2 is there a CEO you're following or studying?
1: Um currently not, no.
0: Number 3, what's your favorite online tool for building your companies? Chat GPT. <laughs> Number 4, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Four. Four, four. Martin, you barely sleep. That's not healthy.
1: Yeah, I'm a Well, He say it's not healthy. Um I'm 57 years old. I don't really How do that. you survive um, on four hours
0: of sleep? How do your organs not um, fail? You
1: know, you get those you get those 10 day points where you feel exhausted and you think you need to sleep on the sofa for a couple of hours. But generally speaking, my sleep pattern is I have maybe four, four and a half hours sleep a, a night. Um, and I do this because I'm a bit of a workaholic. I, I love working, I love creating stuff. And that's what it is. I,
0: lo- I love that. Uh, and what's your situation? Married, single kids?
1: Married, five children. Uh, 32, 30. Yeah, five kids? It. Five kids, got a seven-year-old. Holy mackerel. Yeah, five children. In fact, one of my children has a very well-known startup in the gaming industry.
0: Ah, very cool. What's that company?
1: Uh, Web.game. There
0: you guys have it. Check it out. And how old are you, Martin?
1: I'm 56, 57 this
0: year. Congrats. Uh, Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20.
1: Uh, well, I wish I knew about founder's path for start because that would help me track my <laughs> metrics. Um, I think what I know when I was 20 is quite simple is that when you're building a company, always remember there is a value in what you're building. Don't look at your business when you're struggling. Building a company is always going to be a struggle. Don't look at the struggle. Don't look at what's in your hand. Think about the value you're creating because as you go through your life, that value is going to retain you big dividends.
0: Guys, tutodesk.com was launched in 2016 by Martin to help groups like music repair companies or powder coating shops manage all the projects they got every month. He grew it to about 200 customers, paying on average 200 bucks per month, and then ultimately decided to sell it for more than six figures, just or more than seven figures, sorry, more than a million bucks just last year. The great thing about this, he was a solo founder. This guy owned 100% of the business. You know, no one celebrates these stories. We've got to celebrate these stories. Martin, kudos to what you built, and thank you so much for taking us to the top.
1: Thank you, Nathan.